y'all don't, y'all don't fall asleep on me now. I know it's warm. You're going, listen, I don't want to fall asleep while I'm preaching because that would be awkward. And I don't want you to fall asleep while you're preaching because I see each and every one of you. I'm just playing, but I do. That would be awkward too. So let's, let's be, can you be participatory with me? Can you yell and say amen and preach it and come on white boy and bring the fire and fuego? Whatever you want to say, I don't care. Just say something. Don't cuss at me preferably. Stand on your feet. We're going to honor the Bible and jump into the scriptures. We're in the midst of a series called Live Green. Everybody say Live Green. My name is John, by the way. I'm one of the pastors here. You're kind of stuck with me for the next 35 minutes. Uh, But we're talking the discipleship essentials. Jesus said in Matthew 28, what we're going to dive into this morning, the Great Commission. He said he wants us to go. If we follow Jesus, we're commissioned to go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. And so we've been dialoguing on the subject of that's all well and good. But what is a disciple? And then what does it mean to make disciples? disciples. Last week was all about purpose. Everybody say purpose. If you've been struggling with purpose, if you've been wrestling with purpose, if you've been feeling purposeless in this season, join the majority of humanity. Probably you might want to catch up on last week. You can watch it on our YouTube or on our podcast. But but this week I want to dive a little bit deeper into what it really means to make disciples. Are you ready for this? All right, Jonathan was the only one I saw nod my head, okay? That, that broke my heart a little bit. Matthew 28, turn there. You might have it memorized at this point because we've been reading it a lot. This is Jesus to the disciples right before he zoop, goes up to be with the Father. Don't know if it made that noise, but it does in my head. Here we go. Then the 11 disciples, you're like, wait, I thought there were 12. There were, long story. They went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted, hashtag Thomas. Then Jesus came and said to them, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus said, all authority. How much authority? All. All authority has been given to me, every bit of it. What's he going to do with all the authority in heaven or on earth? This. Therefore, Go. Or as Malik said it, as you go, disciple. That's the command there. As you go, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always. Isn't that a good promise? Come on, thank you, Jesus. Even right now, any heart that needs to hear that, though, let them hear it. You are, you are with us always even to the end of the age. Let's pray. Jesus, speak. Amen. Amen. You can find your seat. Give your neighbor a little fist bump, or if you're not with them, an air high five. We're going to jump into this thing. I don't know what this clip is. I think it's a hair clip. Sorry about that. I broke it. We're going to begin, as I often do, with a question, and my question is this. Have you ever tried to teach someone something that you didn't really know yourself? Anybody ever been there? You, you were tasked? Good, a lot of you, so you can commiserate with me. Um, there are several things that I am decent at. I like to describe myself as a jack of all trades, but a master of none. I am nominally proficient at lots of random things, but there are just some things I am no good at. And I know you're like, Pastor John, how dare you? You can do all things through Christ. Amen. Listen, your boy can't color, okay? I'm horrible with all things artistic in kindergarten. Uh, they call me Scribble Scrabble. Right? I don't know why you're laughing. That was a traumatic memory for me. Thank you for you compassionate ones. They call me Scribble Scrabble. It just wasn't good. My fine motor skills weren't there. I could do music. I could do other ways of art. But when it comes to manually making pretty things, I am not your guy. 
which is fine when you're an adult, because when do you need to do that in real adult life? And then you have kids. And so our oldest is Liam. He's almost five. Now, now I, I walked into this moment um, because kids, you know, you're at a restaurant. And you're like, you either lose your mind or you color on the little menu thing they give you for the kids. And so you pick the coloring. And, um, and I walked into it with a bit of trepidation because I knew my lack of proficiency with coloring. But man, you'd be surprised how, how much of an expert you could be at coloring to a two-year-old. Liam was like, Dad, you're amazing at this. I'm like... Well, yes, son, I am actually. I'm like, this is healing all sorts of deep wounds in my heart. Thank you, God, you know? And it was amazing. And then at three, at three, he still thought I was really good. And then he turned four and things started to look a little bit more hairy. You see, my son, juxtaposed from his father, has excellent fine motor skills. And so he's coloring his thing and then looking at my thing and he's kind of like, he got a little confused. He's like, why, why does, dad's my hero. Dad's amazing. Why does my coloring thing look better than dad's? You know, he couldn't quite realize it, but my son, because he loves his dad, I'll never forget the moment. We're sitting there coloring. My wife was not home, and I'm coloring with him at the table, and we're having a conversation about something, and he's kind of like, he's like, oh, dad, can you do this part? And I'm, you know, doing my best, and he finally turns to me. He says, dad, it's okay. Mom can help us. And I died a small death in my heart that day and got my weekly dose of humility all in one moment, and it was glorious. And Jesus gave us a mission, and thank God it's not coloring. Jesus gave us a mission. In fact, he gave us a commission. He told us to go and do what? That was all seven of us. He told us to go and do what? Make disciples, but there's a problem. Because when we, you know, and, and I realize some of us are not um, Jesus followers yet, and we're thrilled and honored that you're here investigating God, faith, and spirituality. But for those of us who follow Jesus, when we are polled empirically, the overwhelming majority of us, I'm talking 80, 85 plus percent, when asked the question, have you ever made a disciple, said we've never done it even once. Why is that? Jesus was pretty clear. Why? 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 Why is that? Is that we don't care? Sometimes, sometimes if we're being honest, we get distracted, right? Maybe, maybe it's that it, it's a little difficult to make a disciple of Jesus if you're not actually a disciple of Jesus, right? That makes it challenging. But, but I think for a lot of us, the question and the reason we don't step into this space in our real lives of making disciples is because often we don't know how? I mean, can we be a little honest in church? I know everyone puts on their best, praise God the Father, I'm so excited to worship. But can we just like be a little more honest? How many of you struggle when it comes to making disciples? How many of you are like, man, I, Pastor John, I mean, I, amen, I mean it. I'm like really on board, but I really don't know exactly what that means. See, because often it's difficult to teach what you haven't experienced. It's challenging to teach what you do not know or you've never been taught. And so this morning, in God's sovereignty, these were not just fans. These were actually attended well before, and God knew, thank you, Lord, for your mercy, that I I've created these because my hope, my dream, my prayer is that this morning we would demystify and make exceptionally tangible the call to make disciples. My hope and prayer is that by the end of this, the only reason any of us greenhouse people or anyone watching online or later on demand does not do this is, be, is it's not because we don't know how, it's simply because we've decided, ah, I don't really care to. 
And so we created this cheat sheet. Take a look at this real quick. If you're here in the room, you should have got one of these. If you would prefer it digitally in the room or if you're watching online, you can scan this QR code. Boom shaka, there it is. You could do the little take out your phone, open your camera app, scan thing. If you're watching online, they might even be dropping a link right there in the chat. This is your cheat sheet to the Great Commission. I know you never thought you'd end up in church and the pastor tells you to cheat. Okay, on this, you can cheat, okay? This is your cheat sheet to the Great Commission. Everything you need to know at a core conceptual level when it comes to making disciples, you can find on this sheet. Now, I gotta let you know, this is gonna be a very teaching-heavy sermon, so all of my APES teacher types are gonna be like geeking out here, like, oh, yes, this is amazing, and the rest of you are like, what's happening? All right, but we're gonna get into the nitty-gritty this morning together of what what it means to make disciples. Are you ready? If you're ready, say, let's do this. Let's do this. All right, here we go. I'm gonna walk you through the top half of the sheet. Go ahead and reference it right now. We start with the question, what is a disciple? What is a disciple? We talked about this in the course of this series. The disciple is a follower of Jesus who is living in the green who is living in the green. You're like, living in the what? What does that mean? Don't worry, I'll recap and refresh. We did an entire sermon on it, but I'll hit it in just a moment. So then it goes to what is a disciple maker? A disciple maker is a follower of Jesus who is living in the green, check this, and intentionally, say it with me, intentionally reproducing this in others. Do you see the distinction? The delineation is pretty easy to track with. A, a disciple is someone who's living this themselves. A disciple maker is someone that is intentionally helping others do it as well. Disciple makers, by the way, are what we are all called to as followers of Jesus. Jesus said to disciples of his then and now, go and make disciples. It is our fundamental call. And a good disciple maker is not simply concerned with their own spiritual growth, progression, and maturity. They are trying to help others progress as well. They're trying to help others take their next step closer to Jesus, whatever that might be. Now, when it comes to the next step, this is the third element in your handout. You see where it says discipleship pathway? Discipleship pathway on your handout? This is basically a summation of the steps with some language that we've created to help you or someone that you care about ascertain where they're at in terms of their faith journey. There's a few different options here, but it's basically giving some language so that you're not, because we say, I want to grow spiritually. How many of you want to grow spiritually, right? That, that, that's good. That's a good aspiration. But how do you quantify that? How do you know if you're growing spiritually? And so we, we gave a little bit of language here. Someone who's, you know, a new connection. You form a new friendship, a new relationship. You're in a new class. You've got a new coworker. You have a new neighbor. You, you, you got someone, you're like, man, they seem really cool. I just want to hang out with them and build a relationship. And, and then maybe because you're a Jesus follower, it just kind of seeps out of your life and conversation. And, and eventually someone, you strike up a spiritual conversation, you realize they're interested. They're, they're curious about God and faith and spirituality. Then you'd move to someone who's like, you know what, I'm, I really think this is true. I think Jesus is the way and, and the truth and the life. I think Jesus is the Lord. I think Jesus is the Messiah. But it's kind of here in the realm of theory. It, it hasn't actually hit their real life yet. Then they move to the next step and they're a disciple. We describe what that means and finally, they're moving from disciple to disciple maker. 
You got a, a little link there for a more in-depth look at that. But, but basically, the, the, the four points, and that's kind of the recap of those first three sections. I, I want to camp out the majority of our time, on, though, on this fourth element, which you see on your sheets is the disciple-making essentials. Everybody see that on your sheet? The disciple-making essentials. That's where I want to camp out my time. These are four points of disciple-making that I think if you put into practice, you can be a phenomenal disciple-maker because that's our call. If you follow Jesus, your call, my call, our call is to go and make disciples. Amen? We all on the same page with that? Okay, so like, who is this relevant to? Do you follow Jesus? Yes, it is relevant to your life. Do you, do you not follow Jesus yet? Okay, well then listen in because I think you're going to want to by the end of this talk, I am hoping. So we'll jump in here. Uh, the first few components we've already covered, I'll fly through them real quick to make sure we're on the same page. Number one, if you're taking notes, I would jot this down. Number one, disciples live Green. Everybody say green. Green. Disciples live green. Now, we've mentioned this before. I think the first sermon in this Live Green series hit on this idea. So if you're, if you're not tracking with me and you're in the room, you can go back and watch it later. If you're online, maybe press pause and go watch it and come back. I don't know how you want to do that. But, but here's a basic synopsis. When we're talking green, we're not talking environment. When we're talking green, we're not talking about earth conscious and earth friendly. We're not talking about a medicinal marijuana dispensary because I get that question more than you would imagine. We are talking, amen, to being good stewards, all right, all that. Jesus gave us the earth, amen. Um, what What we're talking about here is this idea of being a disciple. Green in our framework means this. You got a little image there. It's worship, mission, and community. You picture a yellow arrow up to God, that's worship. You've got a blue arrow actively and intentionally engaging in the brokenness and the lostness of our world, that's mission. Blue arrow of community. And where those three things intersect, where you have worship and mission and community, yellow and blue make, say it with me, Y'all are geniuses. Primary colors, give yourselves a hand. Amazing stuff right there. Okay, yellow and blue make green. Disciples of Jesus live green. Tracking, does that that make sense? But it is not supposed to end there. A lot of our focus today in our North American concept, especially, which is a highly individualistic society, is we focus our lives and our spiritual trajectories on our growth, on our development, on our maturity, on our lives, on our calling. And the problem is that the way of Jesus might start there because you need to be rescued, but then you're supposed to morph into a rescuer. You're supposed to move forward. A lot of times our our lives are all about me and sometimes about Jesus, but the kingdom is all about Jesus. He's the Lord. He's the leader. And when we find our, our value, our place, our worth in him, it transforms our lives. True disciples of Jesus and disciple makers live with a multiplicative vision in mind. There's a little SAT word for you. Disciples of Jesus don't just stay focused on themselves. They get a heart for Jesus and they get his heart for others. Point number two, disciples have a vision for multiplication. If you see there on the sheet, the disciple-making essentials, the first aspect is green. The second component is a multiplying vision. What do I mean by that? We just read it in the Great Commission, Matthew 28. Jesus tells his disciples, he says, hey, listen, guys, all authority, heaven and earth has been given to me. I want you to go and do what? Make disciples. Y'all are scaring me. I think it's the fans. Go and make disciples. Now remember, these 12 disciples are good Jewish boys, right? 
God came to a specific framework, a specific context. Jesus was Yeshua, Hamashiach, the rabbi. You're like, how do you do that? I'm from a Jewish background. We learn to spit when we're real young, right? So he's Yeshua, Hamashiach. He's Jesus, the Messiah. And so these are 12 Jewish boys that would have conceptualized everything Jesus is saying with the context for the Hebrew scriptures. The average Jewish first century person was exceptionally well-learned in the scriptures. They had a lot of the Torah memorized by the time they were bar mitzvahed at 13. They would have been thinking about what Jesus is doing, not in light of some brand new religion like we often think of it today. There was Judaism, and then Jesus came and set up Christianity. Yeah, kind of, but no. That's not what Jesus was doing. What Jesus was doing, he says it later, he says, I didn't come to destroy the law, but to do what? Fulfill it. Thank you, Albert. He's coming to fulfill. This is what Jesus is doing. And so I want to take us all the way back to Genesis for a brief moment here. There's this guy named Abraham. And God comes to him and he's described as a friend of God. And God promises Abraham and his wife Sarah, who are super old and not at childbearing age or even close to it. He says, listen, I'm going to give you a kid. Sarah laughs. It's a whole crazy story. You should check it out sometime. But God ultimately says, hey, Abraham, hey, Sarah, through you, All the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. He gives them this incredible promise that through you, through your lineage, through the generations that come from your family, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. And what we see in Matthew 28 is a fulfillment of what God promised all the way back in Genesis. What Jesus is saying here is that, listen, all all the way back in Abraham, God promised that through Abraham, all the nations would be blessed. Well, how in the world does that happen? Can anyone guess? Jesus, always the right answer in church, right? It happens through Jesus. Now all the nations, every tribe, tongue, nation, and language can experience right standing with God, freedom from sin that only is available through Jesus. It culminates in Jesus, and then he commissions us. I want that to stick in for a second here. The redemptive plan of God for all of humanity that had been foretold for thousands of years culminates in Jesus. And then in Matthew 28, Jesus turns around to these ordinary ex-fishermen that some didn't even make the rabbi's cut. And he says, oh, and by the way, you know that plan that threw you all the nations? Tag, you're it. Doop. And he goes up. Jesus commissions us. Jesus says, all authority has been given me for what purpose? So that his disciples could pick up the mandate given in Genesis to be a blessing to the world by multiplying disciples and reproducing disciple makers all over the earth. Why? Because Jesus knows best and he knows that we thrive like we were intended when we follow his way. Church, I I know we've talked about this all series long. I need us to get this. This is our call. This is our mandate. Like, more than, more than just going after climbing the corporate ladder and more than just going after, man, I'm going to be successful in my academics and, and my scholastic achievements and more than just, man, I'm, I'm, a, young, I'm a young professional and so I got I to gotta make my way up and do good. Like, more than all of the career aspirations, if you remember the sermon from last week, we have a call and we do ourselves a great and tragic disservice by aiming so small. When the true desire of your heart and the vision that God has for you is nothing less than influencing the entire world in a way that leaves an eternal kingdom legacy. Come on, church. This is good. This is good. You're like, man, church is so boring. If you're just talking about showing up to service, yeah, because that's not the point. The point, Jesus said, is to not just go to church, but to be his church and to make 
disciples. And when followers of Jesus are in line with God's vision, they're firing on all cylinders. And when they are doing what they're supposed to be doing, they are not just disciples, they are disciple makers. To say it another way, healthy Christianity, when the way of Jesus is applied appropriately and biblically, it is multiplicative in its very nature. It is intrinsically multiplicative. If you notice, man, I've never made a disciple before, that should be a warning sign. That that should be red light. If you've been married for a while and, and you're biologically able to reproduce and you're not practicing what you are preaching, that should be a warning sign. Are you all tracking? I might have middle schoolers in here right now, right? They say you may kiss the bride, and that's the last time you kiss the bride. That should be a warning sign to you, right? Because healthy things reproduce. Healthy disciples grow and make other disciples. By the way, it's, it's not just the only way to assess health. It is the only way to stay healthy and continue to grow because Jesus was a genius and his way is best. And, and here's what I want to unpack because I see this all the time. You don't know what you don't know until you try to teach it to someone. Jesus sends out his disciples. They've been with him a few years. And he's like, all right, guys, go do the thing. And they're probably before that. We know it. They're getting a little prideful. They're kind of having, here's what they're doing before that. They're like, hey, 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 mom, can you go ask Jesus who's going to be like the, head, the CEO in your organization? They're getting into all this weird stuff. And Jesus is like, you know what? You guys got to go and do the mission. I remember I was working with my, with my son, Liam, all these stories this morning about how I can't teach Liam stuff. So pray, pray for your pastor. I promise I'm good in some areas by his grace. But I was sitting down with my son, and he got this states puzzle. And not all subjects in school were, were the most enthralling to me, although I did well in school. But I, I felt like I was pretty good at U.S. geography. I felt. Until I started doing this state puzzle, and my inquisitive son starts asking all these questions. He's like, Dad, oh, yeah, what state is that? I'm like, Florida, son, that's where we live. And he's like, what state is that? I'm like, California. You're like, kind of cheating. They're on the ends of the world there. And he's like, oh, what about this one? I'm like, Idaho is up, and Nebraska's sideways, the finger pointing. And he's like, oh, and what's the cat? And he's asking me all these questions. I'm like, son, you just get, you, you, I, you'll, you'll learn when you're older. You just got something. You can't handle everything. And, and I would have sworn that I was competent in U.S. geography. Anybody else, U.S. geography? You're like, okay, I'll be honest, Pastor John. It's not my strong suit. Okay, I would have sworn I was competent until I had to teach it. Check this, friends. We have assumed in our American Christian context that the way we grow is by focusing on our growth. And we have some of the best teaching in the history of humanity. You could jump on there and you could Google some of the best Bible teachers and you could get on there with T.D. Jakes and be all inspired and then you could get with Judah Smith. You could, you could get all these great and you could, you could get and Tony Evans and go preach it up. You could get all these incredible Bible teachers and yet we have a crisis of maturity. Are you tracking the problem here? We have an abundance of teaching, great Bible teaching, and we have a crisis of maturity. Is it possible that it is because we don't grow when we focus on growing, but we grow when we focus on helping others? Who gave this idea? Jesus. There's only so much growth and health you get. When Liam was a little tiny baby, guess what he had to do? He just had to sit there and get nourished. But as soon as Liam gets a little older, guess what he needs to do with his health? Exercise. Exercise, because the thing that was healthy at first isn't the thing that keeps you healthy after. And Jesus says to the disciples, hey, you're going to be with me for a little while, and it's just about learning and growing and gathering information. But after about two years for Jesus, he's like, okay, time to go. And when they went out is when they realized what they did not yet know. 
If you feel dead, if you feel stagnant in your spiritual growth, I got great news for you. There's a solution. It's time to start making disciples. Well, Pastor John, I don't know how I'm not ready. Exactly. It's time to grow. It's time to grow. This is where the rubber meets the road. The, the, The third point here is that disciple makers live with what I'm calling strategic intentionality. Point number three, disciple makers live with strategic intentionality. What I mean by that is disciple makers make disciples by intentionally inviting people into their lives, both in organic and organized ways. Both in organic and organized ways. I know I'm throwing a lot of content at you in some ways it's drinking from a fire hose and I talk fast so you could play me back later on in like 0.75 speed and it'll sound normal to you, okay? But I wanna get all this through because I realize right now, some of you, I, I watched some of you, you started rolling your eyes in your head, you're like, oh my gosh, Pastor John. Pastor John, man, I love you. You're sweating up there more than normal. I don't even know how you're doing this right now, but man, Pastor John, do you know my schedule? Like. Let me go ahead and show you my my Outlook calendar right now. Let me go ahead and show you my Google calendar right now. Let me go ahead and show you this thing because, man, Pastor John, oh, great, here it is. Strategic intention, I got to add one more thing to my schedule. That's not what I said, but that's what you heard. Why? Because we're busy. Because we're busy. Think about this for a moment. I'm not going to belabor this, but when you talk to someone in your everyday real life and you ask them the question, hey, man, how you doing? Eight times out of ten, what's their answer? Man, I'm so busy. Why do we do that? Like, really think about that for a second. It's become like a cultural badge of honor. Like, the the more busy you are, the more important you are. The more busy you are, the more valuable they are. And so you're like, man, I'm so busy. You know who that was not an attribute that was venerated to? Jesus. In fact, Jesus said, hey, come to you. If you're busy, if you're worn out, come to me. I'll give you rest. That's what Jesus said. Like, I really want us thinking for a second because we've got all these different things. You're, you're a college student. You're like, man, I, Pastor John, I don't have enough time to make disciples because I got five classes this semester. I mean, I'm trying to get into grad school and I got to take the med cat. And if you're, if, if you're a young professional, you're like, Pastor John, I don't have time to make disciples because, man, I just got my job and it's my dream career and I got to move up in the company, man. I got to deliver on this presentation because I'm trying to move up, Pastor John. And if you're a parent, you're like, Pastor, if you're a parent of young kids, you didn't even give an excuse. You just laughed. <laughs> That's funny, Pastor John. I got two young kids. The struggle's real, right? You're like, Pastor John, I don't have time to make disciples. I'm trying to survive. Survive. That's what I'm trying to do. Or if you're, an older, if you're a parent with older kids, you're like, make disciples. Man. Have you seen my kid's schedule? I've got all my stuff. And then we got piano recitals, and we got soccer practice, and we got this, this thing and that thing. And like, there's no time in the day. And here's a thought. And I just want you to kind of sit with it for a second. If you are too busy to obey the clear mandate of Jesus to make disciples, you're too busy. If you're too busy to make disciples, which is our call, you're too busy. With that being said, just leave that one there. Here's the secret that disciple makers do and almost without fail to be able to enact a purpose-filled, Jesus-oriented life where they are being and making disciples. Do you want to know what the secret is? No? Yes? Okay, three of you, thank you. I'm concerned that you're sleeping in the midst of this sauna. Um, you're, by the way, the spa treatment this morning is free. So if you're wondering, yes, you're welcome. Free sauna treatment for all of Greenhouse. We love you so much. Sorry online, you didn't get to experience it. Um, Here's the thing. Disciple makers, disciple making pros actually don't add anything to their schedule almost ever. What they do 
is they live with strategic intentionality. Say it with me, strategic intentionality. Strategic intentionality. What I mean by this is there are ways to maximize your time and kingdom ROI. And there's two different ways to do this, organized and organic. I'll fly through this because I do not have time for all of it. Organized ways are where you set up environments intentionally and expressly for the purpose of helping someone grow in their faith. Jesus did this. He had moments where he taught the disciples things, right? We all realize this. He said, hey guys, we're gonna go to this mountain. We're gonna sit down and thousands of people are gonna show up. He had organized moments. He did not just hope and pray that they caught it. He had organized moments, but he did not just have organized moments. Matthew 3, Jesus said he called 12 to himself so that they could be with him and learn to preach. There it is. And send them out to preach, that they might be with him. Part of discipleship is organized. We call them microchurches, and we have discipleship groups, and we have core groups. That is part of discipleship. Part of discipleship is organized, but it's not just organized. Paul said in, what is this, 1 Thessalonians I'm way out of my nose. First Thessalonians, Paul said, listen, when we came to you, we didn't thank you guys for tracking with me. We loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, what does it say? But our lives as well. Discipleship is both organized and organic. It has both moments of structured, intentional teaching and moments where you just invite people into your lives. Some of my best discipleship moments came in very organic sectors. Pastor Mike, who's my pastor and mentor for the past almost 20 years now, I remember as a college student, he's like, man, John, I think God's got a call in your life. I think, I think God wants to do some stuff with your life. I'm like, cool, man. And, and they had been talking about discipleship. This is not a new thing for us here at Greenhouse. And so I was like, hey, man, I'd, I'd love for you to do some discipleship stuff with me. He's like, man, I got six kids. Now they have eight kids, 10 kids. I can't keep track of how many kids they got. They got a whole team, a sports team. He's like, hey man, I got a lot of kids, but you're welcome to join me in anything that I'm doing. So I took him up on it. So I go to the grocery store with Pastor Mike all the time. And, and I get to watch him uh, try to engage people in conversation and, and, and pray with the, the, the shopping clerks and, and, and connect with people. And, and I'd go over his house when they were having dinner and having family meals. And I'd be there when his kids were acting crazy. And I'd be there when him and Ruthie were having a fight. And I'm like, this is awkward. I'm going to leave. No, no, stay. This is good. This is great for you. I was like, okay, this is awkward, but sure. Because he's like, I think you got to see, John, how disciples do real life. And man, I'm thankful he did that. Why? Because church will we'll teach what we know, and that's important, but we'll reproduce who we are, and that's important too. Discipleship at its core is both organized and organic. It means that we want to be creating environments where we're intentionally investing in other people to help them grow and thrive spiritually, and we also just need to let people into our lives enough where, like Paul said, follow me as I follow Jesus. When I'm doing great on a mountaintop and when I blow it and I look like a failure and you can watch me repent because people need to see all of that. Fourth and final point on the disciple-making essentials, a little cheat sheet here is disciple makers help people make progress. Everybody say progress. Disciple makers help people make progress. On your sheet, you have the words define, assess, and progress. Define, assess, and progress. Now, now what this means is actually quite simple. If you go back to the discipleship pathway, you have those little steps, new connection, interested, believer, disciple. It's wherever you're at or wherever maybe a friend that you care about is at and they wanna grow spiritually. What that means is the first step is you kind of help either yourself or someone else, ascertain where they're at. We've made that easy. We built out a pathway for you. The second step is you 
sit down and, and get a sense of where you're actually at. Maybe you're in the room and you're like, you know what? I, I, I think in listening to this, I think I'm a believer, but I'm not sure I'm a disciple. I need to think about that more. You know what? I'm interested. I'm not sure about the Jesus thing, but I'm definitely interested. That's, that's where I'm at. And, and most of us are here because we want to grow. You're watching online because you want to grow. The second step is to help someone get a sense or help yourself get a sense of where you're at. And the third step is to help either yourself or someone else, in this case, someone else as disciple makers, make progress. You tracking with me? Does that make sense there? So here, let me give you an example, make this tangible, and I get ready to wrap this up here as we sweat. Doing discipleship with someone, let's say you're hitting on the spiritual discipline of memorizing scripture. You're like, hey man, I, we wanna do this. Um, you know, Jesus had God's word hidden in his heart. When he gets tempted by the devil, he's got scripture. David says, God, I've hidden your word in my heart so I won't sin against you. Disciples of Jesus have God's word in their hearts. Okay, so say you're working with someone on that. Now look at these words, learn, live, and reproduce. If someone is not doing it, but they want to be, your first step is to start with helping them learn. Now, I would argue that the most important thing about learning is starting with why. Why is this even important? If someone's not doing it, it's not because they don't care. Maybe it's just because they don't understand why it's important. So you start with why. We're not trying to make Pharisees who do all the stuff and have dark hearts and are just doing it to get say, now, God, you got to love me. We're, we're, we're starting with the why. Why are we doing this? That's where you start with learning. Let's say you've got someone in the spot and they're, they're learning, they get it. They're like, okay, this is important. All right, I want to grow in this area. Then the next step is to help them live it. You start leading them to memorize scripture with you, to, to walk through that with you. They're now living this thing. And if they're already in a spot where they've learned why it's important, they're living it in their daily lives, the last and final step is to do what? Look on your cheat sheet. Reproduce. Reproduce it. Does that make sense, that framework? You can apply that to any spiritual discipline or any aspect of spiritual growth or their spiritual life. Are you, are you learning about it? Is it still not something you're even applying in your real life? Well, let's talk about it so you can learn the why. Are you living it, but it's just kind of staying with you? Well, now it's moved to the next step of finally reproducing that in others. Disciple makers help people make progress. Our dream is a church full of disciples of Jesus who are intentionally inviting people into their lives and helping them to not just learn about being a green disciple, but living as a disciple and then reproducing that in others as well. So we're gonna close right here. Zach, you can come up, play a little bit of music. That would be nice. I know I told you I wouldn't, but I unintentionally lied. Thank you. This morning, I wanna help everyone here take a step forward. That's, that's really my end game. We're gonna end in just a second. I appreciate you guys sticking with me and having great attitudes. Um, I don't know if you had a great attitude. I'm just gonna assume you did because I like you guys. But I'm praying we would all begin to make progress. And, and here at Greenhouse, we exist to help people do exactly that. We want to help. It's why we made this little cheat sheet. So take a second, you and Jesus, and look at your cheat sheet for a second. Take a look at this and specifically direct your attention to the discipleship pathway. If you're online, you can look at the, if you got a website pulled up or something like that, the digital link. And I'm asking that God by his spirit would even come and intervene in this moment. As you ask yourself the question, where am I at on this pathway? Where am I at on this pathway? Holy Spirit, bring clarity, bring revelation, bring illumination. It's so easy to go through life and and be so distracted and be so busy that we never pause to consider the most important things, which is you and the people you love. Lord, every single person in this church, man, they've got a call 
They've got good works that you've prepared in advance. There's not a lack of you thinking about humanity, but often there's a lack of us thinking about others. Where are you at in the pathway? Are you sort of at the, at the beginning spot here where you're, you're interested in faith, you're, you're interested in God, but you're just not quite sure? You're like, you know what, I'm, I'm here, obviously. I'm, I'm, I'm online, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued. This life has been, has been unique and challenging. Maybe this season has been so brutal. You're like, I, if there's a God out there, I can sure use some help. Set up a coffee meeting this week with a friend you trust that's, that's a person of faith. Maybe the friend that invited you this morning and, and say, man, I'd, I'd like to sit down with you. Set up a Zoom meeting if you're more comfortable doing that digitally. Set up some sort of a connection. If you're like, Pastor John, I just Googled the church. That's how I ended up here. Okay, well then set up a meeting with me. You can shoot me an email. My, my info is accessible. I'll stay up here after service. Maybe set up a meeting with one of the other pastors. Maybe check out Alpha. Alpha is exactly a space designed just for that, to explore God, faith, and spirituality. Maybe on this pathway, you're a, you're a believer. You're like, Pastor John, I, I've, moved, I've moved beyond the interested step. I, I really do believe it's Jesus. It's not Muhammad, it's, it's not Buddha, it's not just general spirituality, it's Jesus. I, I believe, I, I'm a believer, but, but you know you're not yet a disciple. The, 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 the realm of spiritual belief has not yet made its way into your everyday real life. We've got spaces designed to help that happen. They're called microchurches. They're kicking off again this month. This is the perfect time to say, you know what? I invest in all these other areas of my life. I invest in my career growth. I invest in my financial growth. I invest in my learning. I'm gonna invest in my spiritual growth. Check out a microchurch. We got different ones that meet all different nights of the week, all over Broward, Dade, and Palm Beach County. Ones that meet online, ones that meet in person, one that have a hybrid approach. You can find out all that info on our website and find a space to be encouraged and grow, grow in your faith, grow spiritually. If you're a disciple, you're like, Pastor John, I'm following Jesus imperfectly, but by his grace, like it's, I, I, I'm in, I wanna live in the green, I'm a disciple of Jesus, but you know you are not yet a disciple maker. You fall in the overwhelming majority subset of Christendom in North America, at least, that is a disciple, maybe, but has never made a disciple. Talk to your microchurch leader. I guarantee you, if you're like, hey, I want, I want to be in on what Jesus called us to. I want to make disciples. I don't really know how to do it, but I'm in and I'm willing. Your microchurch leader will probably do a backflip right there because they are praying, please God, send someone who can help me because I want to love on this crew, but I need some help. Ask them where they need help. And then at the very bottom here, we have a bunch of different curriculums, potential disciple-making curriculums here on your cheat sheet. These are a bunch of resources that we've developed, most of them in-house, to help ordinary people like you and I thrive and grow spiritually. You could walk other people through these same things as well. Things like the Green Book, which is a bunch of our fluencies in conversational tone meant to walk someone through their faith journey. We have a discipleship assessment that's online. It's not the Bible of spiritual growth, but it's meant to be a helpful index to give you a sense of where you're at spiritually and where you can be in your next steps. Talk to your microchurch leader. If you're not in a microchurch, start there. Get God's heart for a few people in your life, in your world, and then walk forward with some strategic intentionality to help people grow. Maybe you're already a disciple maker, and even now you're like, you know, Pastor John, I, I, I have done this, but I'm not doing it now. It's a lot of us in this season. It's been brutal, it's been hard, it's been challenging, it's been disorienting, and it's been very distracting. Commit in your heart again. Say, Jesus, give me a fresh vision. 
Give me, your, give me your heart again. Give me specific people you put on my heart. God, I want to jump back in the game to be a disciple who makes disciples. I want to be a disciple maker. Ask God for his heart to jump into in organized and organic ways once again this fall. And if you need help and you still don't know where to go, you're like, Pastor John, I need more hands-on. Like, I, this is literally why we exist. We will take all the time with you it takes. If you want to learn to make disciples, that is why we're here. We can help you take next steps. If you want to get trained, we can help you do it. If you want to get discipled, we'll plug you in with people that are looking to make disciples. If you want to make disciples, but you're like, I don't really know anybody. I'm relatively new. We'll help you get connected in that sort of way. There's even a link on this cheat sheet that says, need help making disciples? Let us know. Like you would just sign up right there. You're like, I got to shoot out, but I really want to do this, Pastor John. Like, what's my next step? Scan that QR code or on the welcome tent, ask them how you can fill out that form. And we'll reach back out to you. Any way that we can help you accomplish the mission, not of Greenhouse, to be clear, of Jesus in our world, we want to do it. Why? For God's glory and people's flourishing. Why don't you stand to your feet? If I can get some of our altar workers and our prayer partners up here at the front, if, if something's just stirring in your heart, if maybe during the course of this sermon, maybe it relates to this sermon in particular, maybe it's just like, man, I just need some prayer. I'm going through a rough spot. I, I, I need a miracle. I need God to come through in some sort of a way. We would love to pray with you, encourage you in your faith walk. I'm gonna pray for us. And as soon as we're done and dismissed, you're welcome to come forward and we'd love to pray with you. Let me pray. Jesus, you're incredible. Our lives are yours. You, for so many of us in here, our, our story is that we, we were lost, Lord. We were blind. We were, we were in such a bad place. And you rescued us. And Lord, in the midst of all the things vying for our attention, in the midst of all the potential distractions, God, we want our lives to be about your kingdom and your glory. You said go and make disciples. And if we're being honest, we don't quite know how, but we want to. God, give us the grace. Lord, my prayer for this church is that we get to the very end of our race and, and when you look back and you say, hey, how'd you guys do on the report card? Which is not gonna be about our perfection, but it is gonna be about saying yes to the things that you called us to. We can look back and say, man, it's kind of messy. But man, my story is one of grace-fueled obedience to the call of Jesus to be and make disciples. Lord, I pray for this church that you would bless them and keep them, that you would make your face shine upon them and be gracious to them, that you would lift up your countenance upon them and give them your shalom, shalom, perfect peace, wholeness and wellness in every part of their being. Lord, we pray protection over this church in the midst of this scenario, in the midst of the pandemic. We pray your health and healing in Jesus' name over family members and loved ones who are in struggling places. Lord, would you allow us to be your agents of transformation, hope and healing that is in you, Jesus, that you have now entrusted in our hands. You have given us authority. Lord, help us to use it for your glory and people's good. In Jesus' name. Amen. Love you, church. You guys are amazing. Hope this was helpful. If you have questions, we'd love to walk with you. If you need prayer, you're welcome. Otherwise, see you this week in your discipleship classes and back here at Western. Air-conditioned in Jesus' name next week. See y'all.